0: Good morning. morning. Delighted to be here with you today. God is so good to allow us to have this opportunity. Donna, my wife, and I are so grateful to be here at the Cross Point Church this morning. And we are certainly blessed to have this opportunity to express to you the church our very heartfelt gratitude first of all for loving our son Bruce and our daughter-in-law Charisse and her precious grandsons Ryan and Evan all these years that Bruce has been your pastor we love you and we pray for you and we're so delighted that we have this opportunity And also to express our gratitude for your very faithfulness as far as supporting uh, our work in Mexico. Words fail me to properly express my gratitude to you for your prayers, uh, your monthly support, and the tremendous blessing each year I know it's a sacrifice for many of you to send a special Christmas offering, and we have been blessed for several years at that time of the year with your special offering, and I deeply express my gratitude to you. And today of all days, on Mother's Day, for our family to be together together. This be the first time in several years that we've all been together as far as both of the grandsons and grandma and grandpa being uh, here in California with our son. And may the Lord bless each of the mothers who are present in the service today. Don and I began our mission journey together in the fall of 1966. When we began our training in Bible school, preparing to serve the Lord as missionaries to any place in the world where he would lead us to go. And today I wish to share with you a testimony of a a few life experiences that we as a family had the first 11 years that we were on the mission field and how the Lord used those difficult experiences to teach us to always trust Him and His will and never question Him in the things that He led us to do and all the places where He led us to go. Our ministry began in Mexico at age 23. Now you know how old I am, don't you? (laughs) And of course, at age 23, the zeal and vigor of youth often comes at the expense of wisdom and knowledge. (laughs) However, the most remarkable advantage of having gone to the mission field at such a young age is that you have the blessing of a lifetime of opportunities to grow in knowledge as well as in wisdom. Now there have been a number of situations that God permitted us to be in that if given the choice, we probably would have never volunteered to be in those situations. But in time Don and I came to realize that the Lord was teaching us a very valuable lesson and that was to have complete trust in God's will and never ever seek our own. Before we became missionaries the Lord began to prepare us for what he had planned for our lives I'm reminded of the scripture in Jeremiah 29:11, when the Lord said to Jeremiah for I know the thoughts that I think toward you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope Don and I have known each other since we were 10 years of age Can you imagine that? I fell in love with her when I was 12 years old. And when we were still in high school, we both knew that we wanted to be missionaries. And last week, we celebrated our 57th wedding anniversary. and our 52nd year on the mission field it was in the spring of 1969 and we were excited very excited about two important things our studies in Bible College were almost completed and thereby we were at the point of achieving the first goal that we had as a couple to be missionaries. And secondly, we were looking forward to a doctor's appointment that we had with an obstetrician in Springfield, Missouri. I shall never forget his name. He was Dr. Bonebreak. <laughs> we had been married for three years. And we're ready to start our family. And the medical news that Dr. Bonebreak had for us was most thrilling. For he said to Don and to me, he said in the fall of this year, in late October and early, early November, he said you're going to be mom and dad for the first time. However, as it turned out, the baby was born two months premature on an early Sunday morning on September the 7th, 1969. There were a number of health issues. Our little tiny baby was struggling just to breathe. The pediatrician took me aside and said he was terribly sorry but more than likely, our child would live but a few hours. Now, when you had just become a mother and a father for the first time, those are not the words that you expect to hear about the possible death of your child. But thank God for prayer. All the years that we have been missionaries, there have been times that we have prayed for weeks or months or even much longer for various reasons. However, at that time, we did not have the option to be on our knees in long extended times of prayer. We only had a brief time to call out to God, to cry out to Him to spare our little baby. And if he chose to do so, that he would use our child for his honor and for his glory. Call unto me, and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know, God said to Jeremiah thirty-three 33.3. Soon it will be 54 years since that early Sunday morning when Don and I called on God to spare our little tiny baby boy, the only child his mother would ever give birth to is your pastor, Bruce Garner. I thank God for the blessing he gave us to have our son To love, to nourish, to teach him about God, to teach him of the love of God, to know God, and to serve God with an unwavering faith in God and his precious word. One of the fondest memories we have of Bruce's childhood was what transpired on a certain evening after family devotions. Bruce was about five years of age. We read some scriptures, read a story or two from his many books. And when it was Bruce's turn to pray, he prayed very sincerely. And he asked God for a baby brother. Well, we tucked him in bed, kissed him night, went to our room just across the hall. And after a few minutes, I noticed that the light was on in his room. So I reentered the, Bruce's bedroom. He had removed the blanket from his bed and had folded it up to make a little pallet. And I said, son, what are you doing? He said, well, dad or daddy, I prayed and asked God for a baby brother. And if God sends him to me tonight, (laughs) he'll need a place to sleep with me. (laughs) Oh, the remarkable faith. Of a child, in the summer of 1972, we loaded as many personal items that we were able to into a brand new Chevrolet Suburban, as well as an old, beat-up Scotty camper trailer for our family's move to Mexico. Now, I realize that those two vehicles did not blend very well together, (laughs) but they served their purpose. We bid farewell to our families and friends and traveled from the USA to the beautiful colonial city of Querétaro in central Mexico for the purpose of learning the Spanish language. Now, our knowledge of Spanish at that time was practically nil and void. I knew the four or five essential words necessary for survival tacos, enchiladas, frijoles, tortillas, and muchas gracias. Now, Bruce was a rambunctious, almost three-year-old boy, full of life and energy. And he possessed a tremendous curiosity to learn new things. And he still does. And little did his mother and I realize that on the first day we attended language classes, Without the benefit of having a teacher, Bruce would incredibly begin to speak Spanish. Each weekday, a person came to our house from 8 o'clock in the morning until noon to take care of Bruce while we were away in our classes. And that person, she was a woman probably in her 60's was from one of the ethnic groups there in Central Mexico and of course her name was Maria Now Maria did not speak English however she was she raised several children she was a grandmother And so naturally we assumed that she and Bruce would get along quite well in spite of the incapability of communicating with each other because of the language barrier. At least at the moment, that's what we thought. The first day of Spanish class upon arriving home, as we came in, Through the door, we found Bruce running around the house yelling a phrase in Spanish. Wow, I thought this kid is a genius. (laughs) He's not yet three years old and already speaking Spanish. Out of the mouth of babes was my thought. Bruce, what are you saying in Spanish? I don't know, daddy. That is what Maria says to me. Well, since we could not communicate with Maria, we called our Spanish teacher and repeated the phrase that he was saying to her. Are you sure those are the words he is saying? Yes. And he has repeated those words several times. Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, my, said the teacher. You must tell him not to use those words. (laughs) Apparently, what had happened, as soon as Maria cleaned up a mess that Bruce had made in one room of the house, she discovered another area in complete disarray. Now, Bruce was having a blast. He was thoroughly enjoying the absence of his mother from the house because Donna would have never permitted such mischief. Poor Maria, she became so frustrated with all the extra work that she was having to do that she undoubtedly began to yell that particular phrase at Bruce. Now please understand, the phrase that he was saying was really not all that bad. But it was just something we did not want our three-year-old to say to another three-year-old at church. (laughs) One of the first things we learned as new missionaries was that there would be times of discouragement, times of great fear and uncertainty. While we were going through the process of learning a new language, adjusting to a new culture, and becoming becoming familiar with the customs of our new country. Now learning a new language can be difficult. Even more so for adults that are beyond age 25, according to linguist. Now for missionaries, it is imperative to be as fluent as possible in their new language in order to communicate the gospel and making disciples, be effective in making disciples. For that reason, Satan tries to hinder and discourage in every way possible the difficult and tedious task that are involved in learning a new language to the best of one's ability. But there is only so much that Satan can do to hinder the Lord's work. For the scripture says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Now God is always faithful. And his watchful care never fails. And to illustrate this great truth, one morning we had left Bruce with Maria. And we're only a short distance from the school where we were studying the language when Donna discovered a book that we needed was not in the briefcase. So I made a quick U-turn to go back to the house for that book. And when we turned onto the street where we lived, we saw Maria, the same Maria that was taking care of our son, running down the street as fast as she could go, Away from the house. I stopped the car and I got out. And in my limited Spanish, because we had only been there a few weeks, I asked her, where is Bruce? Where are you going? And why did you leave the house? I persuaded her to get into the car and I quickly drove to the house. We ran inside to make sure Bruce was okay. And thankfully he was fine. He was playing in his room, totally unaware that Maria had left the house and he was alone. What had happened, there had been a malfunction of the semi-automatic washing machine with emphasis on semi-automatic. The brand name of that appliance was Easy, But that only meant one thing. It was a bit easier to go down to the river and wash your clothes on a rock than it was to use that machine. Now Maria, thinking she had done something wrong and had ruined the washing machine, and would have to pay the damages, left Bruce in the house, and ran to get as far away from the house as she could because it was a problem for her to be there now. Thank God that we had forgotten the book and had to return home. Otherwise, Bruce would have been in great peril the rest of that morning. For quite a while after that day, it was a struggle each morning to leave our son in the hands of a person that we really did not know. And had she desired to do so, she simply could have taken him and disappeared. Now Donna very well could have stayed at home with Bruce. And not studied the language. But it is very important for the wife of the missionary. To speak the language as well. Over the years Donna has. Led to the Lord and discipled untold. amount of ladies. And has prayed and counseled with hundreds and hundreds. And hundreds of women over the years. I've often thought of. Jochebed, the mother of Moses, and all that she did to hide Moses from Pharaoh's assassins. How she made that little ark and hid baby Moses in the reeds on the Nile River. How her heart must have ached as she hid baby Moses, uncertain of what may happen to him. Our Lord said in Matthew chapter 10, Are not two sparrows. And this scripture has been a blessing to me over the years. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin. And not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. From the beginning, we were learning to trust and obey God's will and not seek our own. We were in Mexico City along with 15 million souls that lived in the city at that time and were waiting in a subway station at 10 o'clock at night. The train arrived, the doors opened. We were waiting while people were deboarding when it was our turn, Bruce boarded the train. Suddenly there was a sharp sound of a whistle, and the automatic doors closed. And Donna and I were still standing on the dock when the train departed. Bruce, when this happened, was about 10 years of age. Alone on the subway in Mexico City, at 10 o'clock at night, we almost fainted from fear. What are we going to do? We asked each other. Then a lady came and stood by our side and she said, Don't worry, this happens on the subway. The people on the train will help your son. They will tell him to get off at the next station and wait for you there. Don't worry, she said, time and time again. You will find him at the next station. Now those words, as friendly sounding as they are, had very little comfort for Bruce's mom and dad because our hearts, were flooded with fear, and we waited for what seemed like an eternity before the next train arrived. And when it arrived, we quickly boarded. I remained standing in the doorway next to the doors, as close as I, could, possibly as close as I could be to the entry. And once again, we did not have a long time to be on our knees in prayer. But we cried out to God to answer and show us great and mighty things. The plan that we quickly devised was for Donna to go to the station where our hotel was nearby and look for Bruce there. And I would stay on the train and get off at each station and search for my son. As we were arriving at that next station... I was intensely staring through the glass doors, and I caught a glimpse of Bruce standing alone by a large pillar, and we were ready to rush out the door as soon as the train stopped, and which we did. And I could see Bruce about a hundred yards away. And my fear was that he was reboarded that train. So I shouted. I'll not shout as loud as I did that evening. I shouted as loud as I could, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce. And he heard the voice of his father as well as everyone else on that dock because everyone, everyone turned to see who was yelling so loud. And he came running towards his mom and she ran towards him as a mother would and she grasped it in her arms and kissed him and I was reminded of the day that the prodigal son came home his father was looking out and he saw him a familiar figure coming up the road and he ran To meet him. Had compassion on him the scripture says. And embraced him and kissed him. Many times my mind has gone back to that lady. Who was standing beside us on the dock. And she said don't worry. Your son will be fine. He will be waiting for you at the next station. Time and again she repeated that statement. Now who was she? Why was she there? By our side to encourage us, God only knows. I'm reminded of the verse that says, Forget not to show love to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels. And We know all things work together for good to them who love the Lord, to those who are called according to his purpose. God certainly has a purpose for our life and for yours. During these past 52 years, we have traveled many thousands and thousands of miles over treacherous highways at all hours of day and night. We were on our way to Wadalahala for a meeting. We're on a lonely stretch of highway early in the morning, about 20 miles from the next town, when a cloud of steam came out from underneath the hood, a blown out radiator. I removed the radiator and regretfully Don and Bruce had to stay in the vehicle while I hitchhiked to town to find a shop and get that radiator fixed. I was waiting all day impatiently, growing more nervous while very little progress was being accomplished on the repairs of that radiator. Finally, when it was finished, I had a cab driver ready to go. When I asked him how much the fare would be, I told him, I'll pay you three times if you get me to my vehicle before dark. I kid you not, he would have outrun any Indy 500 race car. (laughs) When we arrived, I rejoiced and praised the Lord when I saw Don and Bruce that they were safe and sound. They were a bit weary of peanut butter sandwiches that they had for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But they were safe, and they were well. I'm reminded of the scripture, the angel of the Lord encamps all around them who fear him, and he delivers them. Be strong and courageous, the Bible says. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Many years ago, we were teaching in a Bible college, but each weekend, our family traveled to rural communities where we had small churches. We would leave early on Saturday morning and come back on Sunday evening. One Sunday evening, as we were driving home and pulling a travel trailer that was our weekend home, as we were slowly descending a steep mountain grade, Suddenly, the driver of a large passenger bus impatiently pulled out into our lane to pass a slow-moving truck. I pulled our van as far as I could to the right and not go over the rail and fall into a ravine far below Only God knows what kept us from going over that rail and making the plunge to the bottom. The truck driver pulled as far to his right as possible without crashing his truck into the side of a mountain. Only the Lord knows what transpired. But all three vehicles met and passed each other on a narrow two-lane road. It happened so fast that we did not have time to scream out in fear. There was not a word spoken the rest of the way home that evening. We could only marvel at God's love and His care. And we praised Him. God said to the prophet Isaiah, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not fear. That's a very important lesson for young missionaries to learn. Young missionaries arrive on the field with a deep passion to make disciples, to start churches. Many times things do not happen the way that they hoped they would. And other times things happened that they wished had never taken place. The first 11 years or so of our ministry, we worked with a number of fellow missionaries and national pastors, helping them and their missions going here and there and everywhere, moving from one area to another. And those years were among the most trying times we have confronted as missionaries. But in each of those difficulties we experienced along the way, that God gives the victory. Paul said to the Corinthians, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The psalmist said, The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Paul said to the Thessalonians, But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. During those trying times, God was teaching us to trust him and let him accomplish the purpose for having called us to be missionaries. Faithful is he who calls you and will also do it. Finally, we were able to begin the work that God had for us to do the rest of our life and ministry in Mexico. Donna, Bruce, and I started the Bible Baptist Temple in Chihuahua City following our second furlough over 40 years ago. Each day for two solid months, we went from door to door. Introducing ourselves to hundreds of families, Sharing the gospel with them on the second Sunday of October 1982, we celebrated the first service of the Bible Baptist Temple. There were 29 people present. That little group of 29 people was organized into a church two years later with 118 charter members. Today, eight other churches have been started in the city of Chihuahua or in a different part of our state as well as two more in other parts of Mexico. And most of those churches, including the Bible Baptist Temple, are being pastored by men who grew up in the church, some of them from the nursery, that I had in my arms when I dedicated them to the Lord or were adolescents when they got saved. Many, many souls have been saved and baptized. Pastors and churches have been sent out from the church to preach the gospel. And you've had an important part in that ministry with your prayers and your love offerings. And I must say with Paul, not that I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Yes, there have been some difficulties along the way times of fears and uncertainties and there are many things that I have not shared with you nor will I share with you in this testimony of some of those difficulties but through it all if you should ask me this morning if I deem it worthy or not for missionaries to go to other lands I can truthfully say yes it is worthy It all. Why? Because many have heard the gospel and have been saved. Charles Thomas Studd was born in 1860 in a wealthy English family. He received a very large inheritance from his father. But he gave all his riches away to be a missionary, first of all in Africa and later in India. Wrote the words of this poem entitled, Only One Life. Only one life, a a few brief years, each with its burdens, hopes, and fears. Each with its days I must fulfill living for self or in His will. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. When this bright world would tempt me sore, when Satan would a victory score, when self would seek to have its way, then help me, Lord, with joy to say, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. Give me, Father, a purpose deep. In joy or sorrow, thy word to keep. Faithful and true, whatever the strife, pleasing thee in my daily life, only one life will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last.